Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition, the first edition, both in a while and in 2017, of the com, PredictiveForm.com preview podcast. We are back on the road to the Kentucky Derby. The Smarty Jones Stakes is Monday at Oaklawn, and Danny Zucker of Predictive Form and myself of Brisnet and Twin Spires will be looking at this race. Ten points to the winner on the Derby Trail, and uh, as is the case with Oaklawn, keeping it fairly local uh, for the first of its uh, open three-year-old races on the road to the Arkansas Derby. Uh, Certainly, though, uh, previous years, any indication we can probably expect Bob Baffert to, to ship a, a couple of his in, uh, some other West Coast invaders, et cetera. But uh, for now, this is an opportunity for uh, the local contingent uh, to earn some points on the Derby Trail and uh, perhaps see where they stack up against uh, the Western invaders who uh, absolutely will be coming. And uh, waiting for Danny to join us, pulling up the PPs now for the race. Uh, the uh, link in the description includes uh, includes PPs uh, free from Brisnet, so you can handicap the race yourself and uh, have some fun with that. But we're going to handicap the race. I'm getting Danny the number, and we'll be good to go. Uh, morning line is not yet out, and it will be interesting to see who they make the morning line favorite. Uh, certainly Petrov, uh, Ron Moquette, uh, local last year, uh, had a, a flirted with the, well, did flirt with it, was on the Derby Trail, ran in the Derby with Whitmore, uh, back now with Petrov, uh, impressive maiden winner, uh, ran okay uh, in his stakes debut at Aqueduct. That was six furlongs, gets two turns, flatter out of a Bertrando. That shouldn't be an issue. Uh, Warriors Club. Uh, that's the Churchill Downs-owned horse. Uh, took five, actually took six starts to break his maiden. Did it in a restricted state. Looked good doing it though, uh, and then came back and finished third to McCracken, who is uh, on many people's lists of uh, Kentucky Derby hopefuls. Uh, he seems to have turned a corner since stretching out a little bit. Uh, he's certainly one of the fastest in the race, and then uncontested. Uh, gate-to-wire winner on debut. He was fourth uh, just behind Warriors Club in that Kentucky Jockey Club with McCracken, uh, again, the winner of that race. So uh, definitely a a competitive, evenly matched field, and uh, we'll get Danny's take uh, without any further ado and wish him a happy new year. Welcome back, Danny. Hey, Ed, thanks very much. I'm looking forward to getting back into the swing of things with these pods with you. Yeah, it's uh, definitely been too long. Uh, the, the pods uh, have proven popular. Uh, we definitely enjoy breaking down these races uh, for the fans. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, always fun, and hopefully we'll find hey, some winners. let me ask you something. And, uh, yeah. Ed, as a host of a, of a thoroughbred radio talk show or a podcast, are you really supposed to use the words breaking down as part of your dialogue? Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something uh, – more often than not, people will try to avoid, but, uh, you know, I mean, that is what you, that is, it's an analytical approach, so, uh, I'd say, I I definitely try to avoid it, Uh, you know, sometimes I join Joe Christofek on the Churchill show, and and at the track, I would say, yeah, it's definitely bad mojo, Uh, but, you know, colloquially, podcast, I'm a little more comfortable with it. 
Well, I think it's good to talk about this, Marty Jones, and also I've uh, been just kind of gearing up and starting to look at the Pegasus a little bit to see if there is an, uh, an opportunity there to find somebody else other than the logical two underneath so we can maybe begin our discussion there because it really is only two weeks away. Yeah, Pegasus, uh, richest uh, race in, in history, and certainly the, the top two, California Chrome and, and Arrogate, uh, will be no secret on the tote board either. Uh, right. To me, if you trust their trainers and think, yes, they will be at their top form uh, for the Pegasus, it's hard to see either one of them getting beat. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they both have to finish first and second, though. Uh, right, are you the type right. that is actually going to try to beat them on top, or will you just try to beat one of them in the, the verticals? Yeah, no, I would try to beat one of them in the verticals for second. Yeah. That, uh, you know, if they're both even money to win, then the odds of, you know, the, the odds of them being beat is 15%, 10-15%. One out of ten races, maybe another horse wins, probably more than that. So, no, I would look for somebody else for second. And, you know, I have a couple initial thoughts about it, which we can get to after we chat about this, Marty Jones. Sure. All right. Yeah, was, uh, before you called in, uh, touched on the the favorites briefly, Petrov and Warriors Club drawing inside and then uncontested uh, on the outside, but they got a field of eight. $150,000 race, uh, based on what, what you've seen, uh, do you, do you want to go through the field or just sort of get Sure, yeah, let's just zip through the field. That's fine. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, well, number one is Petrov, uh, Jose Ortiz, uh, one of the best jockeys going now, Eclipse Award finalist, riding opening weekend at Oaklawn. Uh, he was on this one for a stakes debut, uh, given the pedigree, flatter out of a Bertrando mare certainly didn't need to necessarily be a six furlong type. He's looked at doing it, should appreciate stretching out. Uh, you know, we don't need to worry about mile and a quarter yet, but the, the one, the, the, the mile at Oaklawn shouldn't be uh -huh. any issue. How's he look numbers wise? Number wise, first out start for Petrov was a 71 74 compression line, so a really good first time out performance, followed up by. Very similar numbers, 69 um, and 72. So regressed one point on the top, four furlong, one point on the bottom, one point on the final figure. So uh, you know, doing everything right thus far, I would expect a forward move from Petrov. He's a logical, what is he, first or second choice? Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't know for sure, but I, I would have to. I think the top three choices will be, you know, all two to one, five to two, right around each other. Yep, yep, yep. So certainly, uh, yeah, he, he's a logical uh, selection in the race. All right. Uh, to his outside is Warriors Club. Uh, came alive, uh, lost his first five starts. Uh, was, was always pretty much right there uh, other than the debut, uh, but came alive mm -hmm. in that race restricted to Spendthrift Stallions. He's by uh, Warriors Reward. Uh, so he won that race on Halloween Eve at Churchill. Uh, and then right. tried grade two, is certainly as uh, his trainers want, and ran okay behind McCracken. Uh, was certainly never uh -huh. a threat to win, uh, but you know was near the lead and hung on. Uh, game effort to hold third over uh, the, the fourth place finisher, uncontested, who's also in this race. Uh, right. Gets the top contender designation on the value plays. Uh, numbers wise, does that hold up for you? What, what do you think the source is going to be favorite wise? Three to one. 
Well, I mean, you know, it's a stakes race at Oakland, so there's certainly plenty of, of money in the pool. Uh, but the Churchill Downs Racing Club definitely sends it in. Uh, I, I don't think this horse will be any higher than 3-1. to one. Who's the Churchill Downs Racing Club? Uh, it's this group that Churchill put together of people at the track for 500 bucks. Uh, uh-huh. you, you bought into a horse, and, and this is the horse. Oh, fun, fun. So this yeah. is like a very classic horse as campaigned by Wayne Lucas. And what's, what's unique about it is, um, you know, as a, as a two-year-old, he raced seven times, right? Yeah. That's, that's excessive. I don't know if it's excessive, but uh, it's probably... I was looking to see if it's the you know it's close to the most of them. It's just it's just a lot of races, and yeah, uh, Mr. Z you know, style. What's that, Mr. Z style? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Warriors <laughs> Club ran seventy four last out with a seventy five four furlong figure at eight and a half furlongs was at seven seven six six and a half five four and a half. It's tough to say whether a mile distance will suit the horse or not, um, and I'm just sort of like eh on Warriors Club. Um, I mean, found the wire once, you know, one one s one of seven. So it seems a little gun shy there. I probably pass. I mean, the figures are fine. The shortening up will be okay for the horse, but um, I've yet to see anything here that says maybe the horse is going to break out. Ran a 75, regressed to a 74. Probably will run like a low 70s, and if that's good enough to win the race, he will. But not for my money. All right. Uh, well, we'll see. He does get Robbie. He was uh, been on him a couple times. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's one of the ones for me. But yeah, the, the price. I mean, he might be favored, so can understand maybe wanting to look in an alternative uh, to his outside. Cu Rahi uh, is not one of those alternatives for me. Uh, the lone win came on a sealed, sloppy track at Remington. He hasn't come close since. Uh, I mean, yeah, a couple thirds, but speed rating rise on Brisnet, he's just not in the picture. Uh, would need a yeah. big jump up based on my numbers. Uh, what do you think? Well, yeah, I would agree. And, and, and for my money, like, look, he's Fred, He's by Curlin, who's 150K. He was probably not 150K when, when, he, when they bought the uh, breeding. But nonetheless, he was an expensive baby to raise. And they got out at 120 in the sale at Phasic tipped in July. So, uh, you know, there was a fair amount put into the horse. The, the market said the horse is not worth more than 120, of which a lot of that can be contributed towards the curl and breeding, right? And, you know, he's probably going to wind up being a good racehorse that's going to make a lot of money if he sticks with and continues the way he's been running in these slot-infused racetracks where the purses are higher and the competition is less here, looking at a, a chance to move into the Kentucky Derby ranks, doesn't have a 70 on the board. The one time he, he ran a 76-4 furlong figure, it was a double top. And I really see this horse as a step below the rest of the field, Ed. Yeah, we're in agreement there. Uh, Rowdy the Warrior uh, also ran in that springboard mile. Uh, did much better than uh, C.U. Rahi. was 13 lengths in front of that one, went fourth to Cool Arrow. Uh, and that was a jump-up race, and uh, it's an interesting trip note. He was in post 11 of 12, so started pretty wide, uh, one mile mm-hmm. practically on the turn, uh, and was five wide, according to the comment line. 
so definitely, you know, you look at the, the PPs, and I see, oh, it was eighth and sixth. Uh, he was picking off some horses while running wide and then just flattened out. To me, the fourth isn't bad. Uh, this would be one uh, I'd probably need a generous price to go on top, uh, even with the, the troubled trip. But, uh, you know, chalk trifectas don't do anyone any good. He interests me as someone who, who might crash the party. One of the logicals I expect to win, uh, but maybe this is one you can sneak underneath. Uh, what do you think of Rowdy the Warrior? Well, what's interesting about Rowdy the Warrior is it looks like the cult has found its foundation here, running 70, then 66, 68, 69, all forward moves, all why the four furlong figures are maintaining a low number. Every race he's run, he's been a reversal, which means his final figure is faster than his four furlong figure, which is different than Warriors Club. It's different than Petrov. Uh, it's different than Unbridled Eagle when you look at the dirt races. And because of that, I think he's going to have the ability to uh, – He'll eat up the distance and without having to be so wide. He doesn't have nearly as much work to do. There's not going to be as expected traffic. I would look for a forward move off the most recent 70, something in the 72 range. And with that, Rowdy the Warrior should be very close. All right, yeah, and I definitely think, uh, I mean, I'd have to think 10 to 1 because uh, the, the two we've already talked about and one we're getting to uh, will all be less than nine to two in my mind, that's being generous. So yep. uh yep. could be could be some value there. Uh Unbridled Eagle to his outside uh Willis Horton racing, uh, known for will take charge. This one is with Steve Asmussen though, not Lucas. Uh mm-hmm. another one uh they've kind of thrown the kitchen sink at this one. He's gone a mile on the dirt. He's tried uh turf more often than not. Uh the the maiden win actually came at Saratoga, so that's kinda of interesting. Uh, but it hasn't really been that fast. Uh, another one that would have to jump up. Certainly you have to appreciate the connections. Uh, would surprise me less than CU Rahi, uh, but still one that I'd probably have to let beat me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm a little more up on the horse than maybe you would be, and, and there's a couple reasons why. The first is that he gets out of the Wayne Lucas barn. And again, you talk about kind of a circus uh, circus two-year-old management. You have five furlongs to a mile and a 16th. You have half the races on turf, half on dirt, some long, some short. And it's just not the way you bring a young horse around, Ed. You, you, you can't do this day in, day out. I mean, horses love consistency. They do. That's how they excel. They're like people. You know, you do better when you're around what you know. And you've got lots of different tracks. You have lots of different environments. And the moves from turf to dirt and back and forth are bothersome. So starting the career off at Churchill runs a five for a long 62, not much. Second out is a decent turf start, 71. Followed that up with another turf start that wasn't bad, 66. And then went moved from turf to dirt and went, uh, you know, one running a 60, 69 and a half, almost a 70, with a double top. So uh, first time that the horse's final figure and four furlong figure exceeded his best efforts on, tur- on dirt. So they give the, the horse a little bit of rest, but by, by no means a lot of rest. And what do they do? They say, well, we're going to go ahead and try the horse back on turf, the service the horse hasn't performed on after winning a maiden special weight at Saratoga, right? 
I don't know. It must be like, well, there is some turf breeding in this horse, and we're going to breed the sh- we're going to run the shit out of on turf and find it. So they do runs thirteenth. Not surprisingly, the next start out, they move back to dirt. Now, that was a, a surprising number that Unbridled Eagle ran on October 30th. Unbridled Eagle ran a delayed pace top. It's also known as a new pace top. However, the race following the delayed pace top is a turf race, not a dirt race. So really, Unbridled Eagle is sitting on a new pace top, his last effort on dirt. The following race on turf was the 67 and a half, so not terrible. I would look delayed pace top. And the four figure, four furlong figure of 77, the final figure of 64, as an opportunity to move forward. I think that forward move could be as high as his lifetime top, which would be 69, maybe 70. So for me, Unbridled Eagle is somebody I would consider playing underneath. And you know, if you think we're going to get 10 or 15, one, then then there's value there for sure. And don't forget, as I mentioned earlier, getting out of Wayne's barn and into Steve Asmussen's barn is a really big positive especially when you think about where they're running. Yeah, and I uh, just want to mention a couple, follow up on a couple of things. A, Steve Asmussen, first start with trainer, uh, 22% uh, win percentage, which is a, a, a touch better than his overall percentage at 20% the last 12 and a half months. Uh, the ROI uh, is negative, but he's a trainer who typically takes money. It's negative 15%. Uh, and his overall, or excuse me, negative 7.5%, his overall ROI is negative 23. So they do outperform the typical Steve horse, uh, which is worth noting. And you also mentioned uh, the breeding and, you know, the, the going to turf. Mineshaft started his career on turf and woke up when he finally got on dirt at fairgrounds uh, for Neil Howard. In fact, he was even overseas. Uh, so they talked me into some things to like here, uh, and, you know, we'll get 10 to 1, I think. So, yeah, uh-huh. uh, certainly some things to like at a, at a price and uh, maybe a little more clever than, uh, say, Uncontested, who we'll get to now. Uh, certainly figures to be on the lead based on his first two starts. Uh, uh-huh. No match from a Kraken when the real running started in the Kentucky Jockey Club. Complete control uh, in his debut though, and Channing Hill stays aboard for Wayne Catalano. Uh, yep. Again, one of the ones, along with the first two we talked about, how's he look for you? Well, the the two races that Uncontested had is his first race out was the 77 with an 83-4 furlong figure. So that was a negative pattern, monster race for first out. We We would have not picked Uncontested in the next race, and he ran a 74-76 four furlong number. Now, his uh, final figures regressed, and his four furlong figure has regressed second out. You would expect regression off an insane win like he had, right? I mean, if he would have blown through it, you would have a, he would be somebody to look at for the derby. The regression is not a surprise to me. The, the bet here is, is he going to be able to move forward off regression off time off? And that's like, um, I wouldn't say that's for sure. I Sure, he could run, come back, run 74, and 74 might win this race. Like 73, 74 would win. So a repeat performance of his last out would, would get the horse there. But there's also a chance he could regress. And, um, I mean, he's got a lot of bullet works. We know the horse is going to be on the front end. We'll try to take the field as long as he possibly can go. I don't know too much yet about sort of 
how Oaklawn treats front runners and whether it's a speed favoring surface or not. Um, but if you were to look at the, uh, well, the, the for, go ahead. The mile is a short stretch, so that probably helps front runners a little more than uh-huh. your longer two turn races. Right. Uh, having said that, there were 80 mile races uh, at the meet last year, and only uh, 16 gate to wire. Uh, victories, uh, 19%. So that's definitely a little below the norm. So I, I would right. say it helps to be close, but, you know, it's no gimme that if you're on the lead, you just keep going there. Great stat, by the way. Thanks very much for that. If you go to the Smarty Jones and you do the sort by last four furlong figures, uncontested's got a six, 76. There are three or four other horses within 74, 75. So on paper, Horse looks to be fast, got the bullet works, going to draw a lot of money, going to be 9-5 to five or 8-5, to five, obviously the top choice. You don't need me to tell you that he's going to be on the lead. But my suspicion is that um, after going through the field and digging in a little bit more, it's probably a little more competitive than he's seen, and I'm going to uh, – I would try to beat him, Ed. I mean, of the, of the four horses we've talked about, and obviously he's got to be one, I would try to beat him in the uh, top two spots. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, just how Wayne is, uh, he he likes his horses to go, so Warriors Club won't be far off. And the horse on the far outside uh, just, uh, well, actually that's uh, number eight. Number seven is Romeo Romeo, uh, uh-huh. and uh, to me it does not figure uh, too much. Another one on the slow side, uh, right. the, the third debut in the Kentucky Jockey Club, he was nowhere. And, and then it, Again, you just scratch your head. I mean, I've owned horses for a long time, and one of the things I learned, at least with these young horses, is you got to give them something consistent. Arlington Park, um, where's what's PID again? Uh, Presque Isle. Presque Isle on the synthetic, then Woodbine to the turf, Churchill for the, a dirt race. The horses made $65,000. They probably spent half of that in shipping. So... You know, and with the stables and with what they they paid sixty seven, right, right up front, they they got let's say uh, another forty five to fifty thousand in training. That's one hundred and seventeen. They spent at least twenty on train on shipping. That's one hundred and thirty seven thousand. The horses made sixty five. So the management of the horse looks to be really erratic. Um, after breaking its maiden on synthetic. So I, I just think this is a big leap for a horse like this. And with really nothing to speak of with dirt form, there's not anything to make me think the horse would be in the top three. So when you think about a horse like this, then you say, well, I'm not going to wheel. I'm just going to toss the wheel. I won't wheel anything in this race because wheeling and in, including the seven would be a complete waste of money. So you you actually would say you'd prefer the three to the seven? Oh, uh, yeah, no question. Wow. All right. Wait, you want to do a heads-up bet who uh, finishes ahead of each other? No, there. I mean, that, I have no interest in betting on that those quality horses in, in this spot. So we'll stay <laughs> now, ahead. the only thing that's about the three head that the, the only thing that's interesting about the three and not even interesting is at least the three is by Curlin. But but you do the math on this horse. They got 120,000 into the horse, 60, 45,000 into the training. 
that's 170000 At least they haven't spent money shipping the horse around to lose. They've left them local. I mean, right. think about the shipping bills to go from Arlington to Presque Isle, then to Woodbine, then back to Churchill. It costs $4,000 no, to they, ship to Woodbine. Yeah. Well, they got 25000 They finished third. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But... Yeah, the, the the ship to Churchill. I mean, that was uh, that wasn't good. Uh, What's the odds here? What's the horse's odds? Oh, uh, he'll be. Yeah. People will see the seconds and thirds, even though it's on synthetic. That'll keep them from being too high. I'd say probably thirty to one. Uh, love that loop closes us out, and uh, I, I see him as sort of a wild card for uncontested. If you're looking for a reason to maybe beat uncontested, love that loop could help give you that reason because uh, from the outside post especially, he'll have to go. His net speed rating say he's not fast enough to keep up, but maybe he's fast enough to, to cause some trouble at least, and uh, I don't see how he can go gate to wire against these. Now, I just love a horse like this at Keeneland goes off at 65-1 to 1 in main special weight and runs dead last. And then the next start moves to the inside, drops down, and <laughs> you know, goes off at 6-1 to one and beats the field. And that was off a com- compression line, and we would have played him. This most recent race here is a double top. Sometimes horses can run through double tops, but it's it's not surprising if a two-year-old does it. Um like I think it's unlikely that he would run through his double top and just be that good, but it could happen. In either case, whether he does or he doesn't, this is going to take some of the air out of uncontested, which um, which is what I expect to happen. So, yeah, yeah. Last, last like time I was, was the time to me. Uh, not saying I was yeah. on him, but you know, I see yeah. six to one on a horse like you said. He moves inside. His jockey stays on, so he likes something. Uh, yeah. He gets, uh, you know, whatever the snobby is, if that's Blinkers or Butte, but he's got something different. Uh, so that's right. certainly a positive. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, six to one last time seems to be a gift and. Uh, Oh, well, we missed it. Certainly not going to bet him this time, yep. though. <laughs> but although if I was doing multis in a race like this into it, I would probably use him on, you know, once, uh, just in case he does. But for me, you know, we talked about Petrov. We talked about Rowdy the Warrior. We talked about Unbridled Eagle as maybe three horses to look at. And who'd you land on? Um, I mean, you know, I'm going to land on, I'd like to try to beat the favorite Petrov. I probably would land on Petrov at least for first or second. So a play for me might be Petrov boxed with the four and the five of box one, four, one, five. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah, getting that, uh, four and five in there would definitely, uh, spice things up and, uh, you definitely talked me into Unbridled Eagle well. a little bit, and Rowdy the Warrior I liked anyway. So uh, mm-hmm. for me, I, I probably won't want to be wrong about one of the other three. Like I would play it something like one, two, 
126 with 45, 45 over 126. So I basically one of the prices has to come in, and if one of the logicals does, that's fine. Sure. Yep. Makes sense. All right. Well, that's the Smarty Jones again. That's Monday at uh, Oaklawn. You have a couple minutes left. Uh, Pegasus shaping up uh, basically to be a, a tale of kind of three races within a race, really. Uh, Arrogate and California Chrome be six to five each, I would say. Shaman Ghost and Keen Ice, maybe a little war story, will be 10 to 20 to one. And then, you know, there might be five or six horses who are 50 to one plus. Any no, I, clever I thoughts at this point? Well, let's go ahead and just start with Arrogate. Arrogate ran a soft pattern uh, in his in the Breeders' Cup, ran an 80.6. You know, he's got soft pattern basically means handily. The two prior soft patterns, he went from 76 to 77 and then 72 to 84. So for Arrogate, a soft pattern has proven to show improvement. Um, for Chrome, Chrome also ran a soft pattern last out, but that was at the race uh, after the Breeders' Cup. Uh, what was it, Los Alamitos race? Yeah, which he loved. He's got out. one love, and he's got one soft pattern in his background that he improved eight points. So, you know, again, both are sitting on really positive races, um, but there's no value. What the box is not going to pay. I'm not like an unload on a club exacta kind of guy. I, 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 you know, that's not just who I am. Um, and knowing my luck, if I bought went one way, you know, it would come the other way. Uh, so I'm really about trying to beat one of the two favorites if it's possible. Otherwise, I, w I will sit out the race. Um, and of all the horses that I've looked at, you know, I'm just kind of screwing around a little bit. One of the horses has a new pace top, Ed. Semper Fortis has a new uh, pace top. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know much mm -hmm. about the horse, whatever, but... Yeah. Well, look, what I mean, it's two 20 horse or 30 race? to 1. What's that? Just a two-horse race? Two-horse race for the win. I, I, yeah. I can't imagine another horse winning. I agree. But I'm with you. That doesn't mean that, uh, you know, they have to be first and second. I mean, they're a mile and an eighth at Gulfstream, especially if one of them gets post-12 or something like that. I mean, it could get tricky. But my, my my only request with Gulfstream is that they trim the back trees there so we can see what's happening on the back stretch. Well, that I mean, you know Gulfstream and uh, Arlington has those trees. It's seems to be oh, a, but a popular trees are the worst. Yeah, Arlington, you're you're definitely missing uh, about a sixteenth of the race, especially if it's on turf. <laughs> they go <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, next week we'll know a little more about the Pegasus Field. We'll keep our talks going there, and uh, we'll have the Lecomte to talk about. Uh, and then the week after that, it will be Pegasus time. So. Uh, 2017 uh -huh. off to a bang, and uh, as you said at the the top of the show, we're definitely looking to be back in the weekly uh, trenches. So uh, make sure we talk next week. All right, sounds good. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Ed.
All right, Danny Zucker, everyone. We'll see uh, what happens in the Smarty Jones, but uh, definitely some good thoughts from him on uh, Rowdy the Warrior and Unbridled Eagle potentially offering value. Uh, those are the two I would like to see in the number as well, at least one of the two with the logical horses. Uh, certainly, though, uh, the home team, Warriors Club, won't mind if he does well. We'll see what happens Monday. We'll recap the race next week. Look ahead to the little comp. Join us then.